Welcome, everybody, Summit Church, Summit Nation, Summit family, friends, guests, partners, anybody that's watching today. Welcome, folks that's live and in person. Praise God. Good to see y'all. Happy New Year. Woo! Anybody excited about the new year? Man, I was minding my own business this morning, and uh, I got a word for us, a simple word. The Lord shared with me this morning that 2021 is a year of rest. Y'all feel that? I mean, it's a simple word, but, and then I got some words behind that, receive and praise. Um, I want us, Summit Nation, to enter into praise this year and keep praise in, in the forefront because we're, we're resting in the finished work of what God has already done for us in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Amen? Your healing is finished. Your prosperity is finished. Man, uh, Carla really uh, set the stage this morning and just really gave us some good encouragement going into the year. A lot of, a lot of stuff was in what she said. One of the things it, that she, she talked about was hope. And hope is having a confident expectation of good. What are you expecting this year? Go ahead and do that thing that God has put on your heart to do. One of the things that I've ran across in, um, in, in some people that, have, uh, that I've been following and, and, and groups that I'm in on uh, Facebook, they, they talk about this uh, imposter syndrome. I said, what is that? I didn't know what it was at first. But what they talk about is, and there's a lot of talk about that in, in the business realm, about imposter sy syndrome. It's like when you, you, you've got something to do, you, you, you're thinking about doing something, but then you think, well, somebody else is already doing that better than me. And you see yourself as an imposter. But I want to tell you, body of Christ, you're not an imposter. What God has put on the inside of you, I don't care if somebody else is doing something similar, nobody can do it the way you can do it. Because you got God's DNA on the inside of you. You might say, well, there's some other believers doing the same thing I'm doing or ministers doing what I'm doing and uh, they got God's DNA too. Yeah, but you're unique. And they're unique. There's nobody on the face of the earth like you, so step out and do that thing. I'm speaking to somebody today. Go forth with all you got because you have the help of the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, to empower you, to strengthen you. And he's going to put you, 2021, y'all, he's going to put you at the right place at the right time. He's going to connect you with the right people. They're going to be divine connections. Glory to God. For he who has, Hebrews 10, 4, for he who has entered rest has himself ceased from his works as God did from his. 
Now, I didn't contradict myself when I said go out and do that which, which God has put on your heart. That's still resting. Right. Resting is not inactivity. It's spirit. Resting is spirit-directed activity when you're resting. And praise him while you're resting. Amen. Rest is like you, you whistle while you work. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I've got an announcement to make. Um, it came upon me kind of all, all of a sudden, just like my last trip was to this place. So um, I'm going to Haiti. At the end of this month, um, it's been just a little over two years ago. I think October, November of 2017, uh, I went and I'm teaching in a Bible school, Rama, the school I graduated from. They have Bible schools, Bible training centers all over the world, training ministers that's going to go forth and preach the gospel. Amen. So it's a marvelous opportunity. Uh, I'm teaching in the Rama Haiti Bible Training Center in that in that school, and like in all the Rama schools, these are ministers that's going to go out, and as I said, preach the gospel. It's an amazing opportunity because when I go, guess what? You're going with me, and whatever I do over there, uh, uh, it's credited to your account. Amen. When I, I'm I'm going on your behalf, on behalf of Summit, and uh, and there's ways that you can get involved. In, um, in this particular uh, mission trip. Now, Rama Haiti is one of the strongest, as far as um, enrollees are concerned, one of the strongest Rama schools in the world. And they, they are so hungry for the gospel. But there's so much poverty over there. A couple years before, a year, year or two before I went, they had a big earthquake. They lost... 250,000 people, and uh, they were still rebuilding. They may still be rebuilding and recovering from that. They can't recover as quick as we can in the United States. The life expectancy in Haiti, it, it, the average li lifespan is 62. Um, and that's just crazy because of the, the poverty that's over there. But it's in the Caribbean, and all that beauty over there. Dominican Republic is is, is uh, right on the other side of the water, you know, but they've got so much poverty over there. But uh, we're going to uh, minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I'm going to teach one of the subjects that I taught last time. Uh, I, actually, I taught for two weeks. I taught probably in six days over a two-week period. I taught, I think, 22 times. <laughs> in a period of six days. But I'm not going to be there as long. I'm not going to be there for, for two sessions. I'm only going to be there for one week, teaching three days, but I'm still going to teach 12 times in three days. So uh, four hours a day for three days, and so it's, it's going to be it's going to be awesome. We're actually four 45-minute four set sessions for three days. It's going to be intense because Haitians, they... They can't come to a school and stay for nine months. It's not practical for them. So what they do is they have schools, their, their school sessions at various times of the year where they can all come 
and go through these classes in a two-week period. So what they'll do is they'll, for one week, it'll be three days one, one week, and then three days the next week. And in those, and each of those total of six sessions, they will have 12 hours in the morning and 12 hours in the afternoon. No, that's wrong. Four hours, 12 total for the week. But daily, four hours in the morning, four sessions in the morning, four sessions in the afternoon, a total of eight sessions a day for three days. So they'll have like 24 sessions in one week, 24 the next. So that's 48 sessions. And then they go back home. And then they come back and do it uh, all over again for the next session. So anyway, I'll be going over there. And if, uh, if you were with us when I went before, we took suitcases full of clothes. We're going to do the same thing this time. And Haitians, they loved jewelry. And they, you should have seen them go over, I mean, pick out the clothes and pick out their jewelry. And, and y'all just did an awesome job, Summit family. And I know you'll do the same this time. And we'll tell you when to stop bringing clothes. Um, don't bring raggedy stuff. Um, we're not going to take them to the cleaners, so bring us clean stuff, okay? And, uh, and so um, many, many of us have things, myself included, in our closet that we're not even wearing. If you didn't wear it in 2020, consider uh, <laughs> sending it to Haiti. Because something that's just, think about it, something that's just sitting in your closet would would be, listen, I've been over there. I know the kind of poverty that they have over there. They don't have the kind of conveniences that we have here. And what's just sitting in your closet can be a huge, huge, huge blessing to the people there. Okay? So um, just consider doing that. And I know we, we probably won't be able to uh, um, get everything. We're going to get as much as we can in the suitcases. And, and they tell you, don't mail anything over there because it may not get to <laughs> the people uh, that it's supposed to go to because there's crime and stuff over there. By the way, uh, um, the United States don't advise travel to Haiti, but I'm not governed by the United States. <laughs> okay. and, uh, but don't, don't, don't be concerned about your pastor. I'm fine. And uh, it was like that when I went before. <laughs> it's always like that, pretty much over there in, in Haiti. But um, I've, I've got some good people taking care of me. I got a guy. His name is Jacques. Jacques, I think is, I mean, I'll be pronouncing it right. But he is anointed to drive. That guy can drive sideways on a mountain. And you got to know how to get through traffic over there. I mean, he doesn't get stuck because there's a lot of traffic jams, and, and he, he will get you out of traffic. Man, he does not play. I said, this guy is anointed. <laughs> okay. Amen. And we're, we're not going into empty-handed. We're, we're going to go, and we, we want to we give to them. So if you want to contribute toward this, this trip in any way, if you want to give financially, uh, you, you, you can. Um, so... Just, just wanted to let you know that. I'm excited today. Let's just, y'all ready for the word? So, um, 
we'll let you know what to do about the clothes and everything. I'm not good at announcements and stuff. I, I leave out stuff. But I just wanted to let you know what we're doing, how you can get involved. And, and uh, Mary will get the details to you. Amen. All right. So I taught last time uh, when I was in Haiti in 2017 on the blood covenant. I taught that and I taught uh, excellence in ministry. This time I'm only going to teach blood covenant. And I haven't taught it here yet. I don't think I ever taught it on a Sunday morning. I taught it in uh, Bible school back in the day in our Summit School of the Bible. But I'm going to start it today. Amen. And you hear a lot about we're under the new covenant. I talk about that a lot. But we're going to go dive deep into what covenants are all about. And you can't, don't fall under the temptation. Don't succumb to the temptation of thinking this is boring. This is not boring. But I've got to lay some foundation. And I, I don't want to bore you to tears today. But I need to give you this, this detail, all right? Now, your Bible, the people that, that, are, that you read about in the Bible lived in a world of covenants. And covenant is, is practically unknown in the Western world. The Bible was originally written to people in the East. And so when you see the word covenant, the people to whom the Bible was originally written, they understand the depth of what that means. Now, it's very important that you understand covenant and what it's all about. Because once you do, the Bible opens up to you in a whole new way. The gospel of grace will open up to you. You'll see things um, that you didn't see before if you didn't understand covenant. I mean, just simple things like we sang the song, I am a friend of God. That's, a cov that, that's covenant. The Bible talks about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. What kind of friend is that? It's a blood covenant friend. But if you're unaware of what covenants mean, you don't really know what that's all about. Well, a friend that sticks closer than a brother, what is that? When Jesus goes and talks about uh, eating my flesh and drinking my blood, that's covenant talk. See, so it's all throughout the Bible. Again, the people that you see in the Bible, the people you read about, they lived in, in a world of covenant. I mean, when we, we partake of communion today, it talks about Jesus said when he instituted the Lord's Supper with the disciples, he said, take, eat, you know, this is my body which is broken for you. This cup is my blood. That's covenant language. And after I get finished unpacking this, you're going to understand what covenant is about. And when, when Jesus instituted covenant and he said to the disciples, well, excuse me, when he instituted the Lord's Supper and when he said to the disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Take this cup and drink of it. 
I mean, the very silence of the disciples indicates they knew what he was talking about. See? And a lot of these things, can't you see, we can just read over them, and we don't really understand the depth and meaning of it. So y'all ready to get into it? It sound good to you? Thank you, Lord. It's very important that you understand blood covenant because the new covenant that we live under today will mean more to you. See, and, and let me give you the, the bottom line, and, and uh, I still remember Doc Horton, my friend David Horton's father, Doc Horton, who taught at Rama. Doc used to teach the, the time I was going to Bible school. He, he stopped teaching blood covenant. Somebody else was teaching it. And he came in class one time and he said, he said, now, so-and-so is going to be teaching the blood covenant. He said, I hope he teaches it right. He said, because when you understand what blood covenant is all about, you will, you will know that it is impossible for God to do anything other than what he says in his word. When you understand covenant, you will understand that God is not a man. See, these scriptures will begin to come alive to you that says, um, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? See, the people to, to whom the Bible was written, they understood. The Bible was written to us also, but the, the people, I'm talking about the people to whom that that was spoken to in the Bible, and the people to whom the Bible was originally written, they understand what that meant. That was covenant talk. Oh, when he speaks, it's going to be good. He watches. This is another, another uh, uh, kind of another scripture that speaks of covenant. Um, the, uh, uh, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, is it uh, chapter 1? That he confirms. No, that's Matthew 16. He confirms. His word with signs following. He watches over us, Jeremiah. He watches over his word to what? Perform it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All right. Turn the person next to you to wake up. See, I haven't even got to the boring stuff yet. Y'all can't be asleep already. <laughs> Amen. No, it's, it's not boring, but it, it's, it's like school, and I'm, I'm not going to, listen, I got to, I'm, I'm attempting to teach 12 hours in four weeks. Okay, some of y'all might leave the church if I taught this 12 weeks. <laughs> but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach it for, for four weeks and, and try to just, just give you the, the essence of it. And then um, if you want more, come out during the week. And we'll dive in even deeper on Wednesday. As a matter of fact, let me just share this. We resume Bible class this week on Wednesday night. Prayer Wednesday morning. Confessions during the day. Amen. Okay, let's jump. Let's jump right. And winning groups, yes. Winning groups Monday, tomorrow. I, I think, I don't know about, I can't speak for Mary's group. I think uh, the other group. Look at your announcements uh, and it, it'll tell you. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Call the church. Message us. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The Bible is a covenant book. Now, 
to help you stay awake in your notes on your app. If you're watching and you, you're ready to fall out of your seat, uh, just go over to our Summit Church. Go to your app store. Get the Summit Church app. Search for Summit Church Indiana in your app store. Get the app, and under Sunday morning, under the notes, there's a little Sunday morning icon. Click that. Go into the notes. I got some fill-in-the-blanks for this to help keep you alert. Amen. Y'all got at home so you can get your coffee, your tea, whatever it is, and uh, stay away. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible is a covenant book. The concept of blood covenant was interwoven in the culture of the people in the Bible. We're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 13. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. But first, we're going to make some confessions. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. Now hold up. Even this will mean more to you when you understand covenant. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, all right? Blood covenant. Blood covenant. Everybody say blood covenant. Blood covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Let me read that again. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the, watch this, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Now, again, if you don't, don't understand what covenant is about, you'll just read, gloss over this. Every, listen to this. Everything that God does, he does it through the covenant. Another way to say it, the blood covenant is the basis by which God does everything. God does everything through covenant. Don't believe that? Look at this. How did, he, how did he raise Jesus from the dead? By the blood of the covenant. See, the cross was covenant. When Jesus finished the work, that was covenant. The Bible itself is split up 
in the New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament. That's Old Covenant, New Covenant. All right? Now, even though where it's split up in the Bible is wrong, actually, where it says, if you go in your Bible, it'll say, the new covenant begins in Matthew 1.1. Actually, the new covenant began technically when Jesus said, it is finished. That's when the old covenant ended and the new covenant began. And Jesus brought us into a new covenant. And it is a blood covenant. Leviticus 17.11 says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So, God raised Jesus from the dead, watch this, by the blood, I'm paraphrasing, by the blood of the eternal covenant. May the God of peace himself, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us by the Holy Spirit, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Check this out. God is going to equip you with everything good. How does he do it? Through the blood of the eternal covenant. He, everything that God does is through covenant. Working in you to do what's pleasing in his sight. Causing you to do his will is through the covenant. But again, if you don't know what covenant means, it doesn't mean anything to you. Look at Psalm 89:34. I will not violate my covenant. Or alter the word that went forth from my lips. See, so when, when God said, by his stripes you were healed. It's impossible for God not to do that. All we got to do is believe it. Lord, I believe it. I, I, I receive it. I'm, I'm in covenant. So it's not about, and some people that, people that don't understand co covenant think that when you are commanding your body to be healed or commanding the finances to come to you that, that you are, tr or, or you, you just can't, God is sovereign. You can't make God do anything. We're not making God do anything. God has already done it through the cross. It's part of our covenant. It's not, see, the gospel is covenant. There, there is no such thing as a gospel of healing or a gospel of a, a prosperity gospel, a healing gospel. No, it's just the gospel. But the gospel has benefits. And prosperity is a benefit of the gospel. Jesus became poor on the cross that we might be rich. That's covenant. He's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. He's already blessed us. Amen. He's already given, Peter says, he's already given to us exceeding great and precious promises. See, you understand, these promises he can't violate. He promised to heal you. 
He already healed you. You're not making God heal you. Well, if it be thy will. You got to say, if it be thy will. It may not be God's will to heal you. Yes, it is. Because of the covenant. He already healed you. He healed you on the cross. When he said, it is finished, your healing was, was a forever settled subject. Your healing is a fact. Your, pro oh, your prosperity is a fact. That's why we can rest in 2021 and rest and just receive and praise God that the promises belong to us. And we're just stepping into them. We're just resting and receiving. Thank you, Lord. I will not. Say, I will not. There's no stronger assertion you can make in the English language than I will or I shall. I will or I shall not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. A sovereign God has already healed you. He's already decided to heal you. He's already decided to prosper you. So we're not trying to make God do anything. Look at this from the, the New Living. It says, no, I will not break my covenant. I will not take back a single word I said. Hebrews 9, verse 15, therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. new covenant. So that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Jesus, on the cross, took all your sins, past, present, and future. Somebody act like you're excited about that. Amen. Amen. He removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. You redeemed from sin. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. See, a testament, a covenant is also a will or a testament. For a will takes effect only at death, since it, has, it is not enforced as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats. See, that whole tabernacle that he's describing was a type of Jesus. Okay. He took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, this is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there, there is no forgiveness of sins. If you don't know what the covenant is about, you, you're like, well, what's a, 
Blood, what does that got to do with anything? Blood, why, why blood, blood, blood? Again, Jesus, uh, or the word says in Leviticus 17, the life of the flesh is in the blood, okay? And this, the, the, without the shedding of blood, there was no forgiveness of sins under the old covenant. And that was a type of Jesus in the, the shedding of blood in the, in the tabernacle was a type of Jesus. And Jesus on the cross, as we know, shed his blood for us. That means something. Amen. That's covenant. That's Jesus fulfilling covenant. What does covenant mean? Now, see, covenant, the closest thing that we have in the western part of the world is contract. And how many of you know, people break contracts all the time. So I want you to throw that out of your mind. It's nothing for somebody to break a, co a contract. But a covenant? Oh, no, you don't break, you don't break a covenant. And we're going to give you examples of, of a man's covenant. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Because that, that's, that's going to show you how deep God's covenant is when you understand a man's covenant. The word covenant means, it's, it's berith in Hebrew. It means to cut by the shedding of blood and passing between pieces of flesh. That's one of the definitions. It also means to cut until blood flows. Now, don't go to sleep on me. I, I mean, I keep saying this because, you know, you can have a tendency... Uh, to think, you know, well, this is, what is this? But listen, once, if you don't get the foundation, none of, none of the, the other stuff I'm going to say is going to mean anything. So understand, to cut until blood flows. Everybody say, to cut until blood flows. Okay. Again, we got some fill in the blanks there so you can uh, follow along and, and, and I encourage you to take notes on this because this is going, this is, Listen, the Bible will open up to you. and you, You're going to be able to see covenant everywhere when you're reading the Bible. Amen. So, it also means a solemn agreement between two parties in which there is a total commitment. Say commitment. commitment. On each part sealed by the shedding of blood. Make sure you take notes because we're going to take a test at the end. No, I'm just kidding. All right. It's also a will or a testament. So when you see New Testament, Old Testament in your Bibles, how your Bible split up, Old Testament, New Testament, it also means covenant, Old Covenant, New Covenant. It's the most sacred thing known to man. Listen, every ancient Eastern civilization has practiced blood covenant in some form. Think about that. Every, every primitive culture practiced blood covenant in some form, which is evidence that it had an original revelation from God. Even though many of these blood covenant practices by the primitive peoples were degenerated or perverted. They had marks of an original revelation from God. 
It's the most sacred thing known to man. It's the basis of all primitive religions. Now, Christianity is not a religion, but uh, it's the basis. Blood covenant was the basis of, of all primitive religions. It can only, listen, a covenant in Africa, India, other parts of the world could only be broken by death. You promise in a covenant, and we're going to talk about what a covenant means in more detail, but one of the things in a covenant is you promise to give your life, your love, your protection, and resources till death do you part. Galatians 3.15, this is why we're going over a man's covenant from these primitive um, cultures. Because here it says, in Galatians, Paul says, to give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. So can't you see the people that, that the Galatian church that people's talking to, talking to, see, they, they lived in the atmosphere of covenants. They understood exactly what he's talking about. They understood what a man's covenant is about. But see, when we read that, it's, it's, it's easy to look at that, oh, covenants, that's like a, oh, that's kind of like a contract. But it's not. Covenant is an entirely different thing. So, when I, this is the reason why I'm talking about a man's covenant because, see, Paul references this. He said, if it's a man's covenant, no, nobody's going to take away from it. No, nobody's going to add to it once it's been ratified. See, when you, when you broke a covenant in Af Africa, it's punishable by death. In fact, if you broke a covenant in Africa, your own mother would turn you over to the person you went in covenant with and they'd kill you. Your own mother would turn you over. You think that would happen in America in a contract? <laughs> I mean, your own mother's not going to turn you over. See, so how many of you can see that this is a, a, are you beginning to see this is a serious thing? Now, let's look at where, I'm going to skip over some of these scriptures for the sake of time, but this is what I'm talking about. Um, you can read it in Matthew 26, 26 through 28, when Jesus said, take heed, this is my body, and this cup is, is the blood. We'll just look at verse 28. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And the disciples didn't ask, what are you talking about? They knew what it meant. He's talking about something that can't be broken. <laughs> Amen. It didn't make any difference that he's leaving. 
You understand? Because the covenant that he's, that he's ratifying with his blood that he shed on the cross, it can't be broken. And he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to take my place. Amen. And he's going to carry out that covenant on the inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. Man, when, when you understand this, you walk around bold. You're not, you're not afraid of no COVID. You got something on the inside of you. You got a power on the inside of you that's far greater than a vaccine. And all you got to do is believe it. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready to jump and run and shout. Here's where covenant originated in uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. This is after Adam ate of the tree in the garden. God said, the day that you eat, you will surely die. He told him, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. But the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will not eat the day you eat of that one. You will surely die. And he died. He died spiritually. I mean, he, he walked, walked around in God's presence. And um, he was clothed with God's glory. But the moment that he ate of that tree, he was separated from God. Separated from God's presence. And so, here's what God did. And this is, can easily be overlooked when you're reading the Bible. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins. Where did those skins come from? Animals. Right? And so, in order to have a skin of an animal, you had to kill it. So, God killed an animal and provided garments of skins. So to kill an animal, there had to be what? Blood. This is, this is the first uh, instance of blood covenant in the Bible. This is God instituting blood covenant. For without, we read it, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. Where did that come from? That came from God. He ought to know. Because in the original sin, God made coats of skin. And there was a shedding of blood of an animal that covered Adam and Eve's sins. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skins and clothed them. That, that, that shows, even though God, they violated what God told them, what God told them not to do, they went and did it anyway. And th this is different than you and I sinning today. This is a sin that had consequences for everybody born after them. For by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world, and death through sin. And death spread to everybody. That's the reason why Jesus had, Jesus had to come. But God in his mercy... Made, for, made them a, a covering for their sins. And it was the shedding of blood of an animal that covered their sins. Amen? Thank you, Jesus.
When we talk about Psalm 91, that's covenant. That's covenant all day long. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. No evil shall befall us, shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling, for you shall give your angels charge over me. See, that is covenant. And receive that. Amen? Amen. Amen. Say, no evil evil. shall happen to me, me. nor shall any plague plague. come near my dwelling. dwelling. I will not be afraid afraid of the terror by night, night. nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me because I have a covenant with God. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? Hath he spoken and shall he not make it good? God watches over his word to perform it. It is impossible. It is impossible for God to do anything other than what he said in his word. Somebody shout hallelujah. We're going to get more into covenant, but I want to close by giving you an example of um, An explorer back in the 1800s, a guy by the name of Henry Stanley. And uh, he went, he was an, an explorer over in Africa. And another explorer and missionary named David Livingstone. I think I remember these guys. The first I heard about these guys was, I think, Gloria from the Flintstones. I, I do. I do think that I'm going to find that episode. I think that they <laughs> they were on the Flintstones. <laughs> For some reason, it sticks out in my mind. But um, Livingstone went missing for like six years, and so Dr. Stanley. They both were doctors. Dr. Livingstone, Dr. Stanley. Stanley went to look for Livingstone, and so in the process, and he had an interpreter. In the process, they they came across a powerful African tribe, a warlike tribe, okay? And they were threatened by this tribe. So Stanley's interpreter said, why don't you make a covenant with this tribe? And Stanley said, well, what does that involve? He didn't know anything about covenants. Now, fast forward. Stanley, it was said that Stanley cut the covenant, I think this was... From his own book. But I think he cut the covenant with over 50 African tribes in his lifetime. And he did that for his protection. Because here, here's a white man walking around over there in Africa. And he's coming across these tribes and they wanted his stuff. You know, his goods. He's walking around there. He had a goat. And so 
and, and you know, different stuff, because they were explorers. They, he and his men, they had stuff that they traveled with. But the risk was they could get it stolen, and they couldn't do anything about it. So when they came across this African tribe, the interpreter said, okay, so why don't you cut a covenant with them? I said, well, what does that involve? He said, well, you have to drink each, each other's blood. And that, that's a perverted form, form of biblical covenant. But nevertheless, that's what it was. So you, you're going to have to drink each other's blood. And Stanley, like, I'm good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm cool. But then it got more dangerous, and conditions got worse for him. And so the interpreter circled back and said, hey, why don't you cut a covenant with the chieftain, which is, was the boss of the tribe, the chieftain of the tribe. Why don't you cut a covenant with the chieftain? He said, what does that mean? So okay, he's, he's starting to take it seriously now because their lives are being threatened. And he said, well, what does that involve? So the interpreter told him, so, or, or he said, well, what would the results of that be, of cutting this covenant? What would be the benefit, in other words? He said, well, everything that that chieftain has will be yours if you need it. And so he said, okay. And then he began to go into negotiations, and that's what's involved many times in the covenant they would negotiate the terms, okay? And so he approached the, this uh, chieftain, and they began to have discussions about having a covenant. So they agreed. And the first thing they did was an exchange of gifts. Now, I'll, I'll share later about different things that are involved in the cutting of covenant. Everybody doesn't do the same thing in covenant, cutting of covenant, but these are, I'm going to give you some things that are involved that have been seen throughout the world uh, when they cut covenants, some of, the, some of the covenant practices. But this is what, what they did in the case of Stanley and this African tribe. There was, at first, an exchange of gifts. So the chief wanted Stanley's goat. Now, Stanley had poor health. He had poor health, and so that goat was important to him because the goat's milk helped his health. But the chieftain didn't seem to want anything but that goat. So he gave him the goat. And what Stanley got in exchange was this seven-foot spear. And so Stanley thought he got ripped off. But he didn't because what that, what that, what that spear meant was that everywhere that Stanley went in Africa, when people saw him with that spear, they would bow and submit to him. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? And so they had a, a ceremony which was involved in the, the cutting of the, the covenant. See, so in cutting of covenant, you had these rituals that they would do. One of them were, was that they would have a cup of wine and they would cut their wrist. Each party would choose a representative to do that. 
It didn't have to be the chief. It didn't have to be Stanley. So the chief and Stanley chose a representative, and these representatives would cut their wrist and let the, the, the blood from their uh, uh, wrist drop into the wine. So both of their blood is in the wine, and then they would mix the wine, and the two representatives would drink it. All right? The, 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 they would, and another thing they would do, they would rub the wrists together. And then they would take gunpowder and put in the, um, on the wrist where the incision was made. And so it, it would leave a visible mark. That gunpowder would leave a visible mark that a covenant was made. Also, they would pronounce blessings and cursings. Sounds like Deuteronomy 28. See, that's, that's covenant all day long. These are the blessings that would come upon them when they would keep the law. These are the curses that would come on if they don't keep it. Long list of, if you read Deuteronomy 28, long list of blessings, long list of curses. So what they would do with, with uh, Stanley and Stanley would have a representative and, and the chief would have a representative and both would announce, these are the blessings that will happen if you keep the covenant. These are the curses that will come upon you if you don't keep it. It was a serious, serious thing. And so, and this applied to everybody in Stanley's party, everybody in the chief's party that a covenant applied to, the, the, the chief's family and his tribe. And then there was a planting of a tree. Why, why a tree? They, they would choose a tree that was, was known for its longevity. And they would plant that tree as a memorial. Now, in, in places where, as a side note, in the places where trees weren't present, they would use rocks and they would build a pile of rocks. It's as a memorial that this is where the covenant was made. Okay. Now, what happened as a result of this? From then on, now before, Stanley and his men, they had to guard their goods, their possessions and stuff. Now, they could just leave them on the street. They didn't have to guard them, they could leave them alone. Because if somebody would mess with Stanley's stuff, they would be messing with that chief. See, when you cut a covenant with somebody, everybody, you, every, everything, every. When you're in covenant, everything that you have belongs to that other person. I mean, now they won't call for it unless they really needed it, and vice versa. How would this change the church world if we understood what covenant was all about? It would instantly stop all this church hopping. When people really understand what covenant is about. I mean, you, you, you just don't leave somebody because you're mad at them. And, and think about it. You know, we, you know the time that we're living in, a lot, a lot of things in the world creeps into the church. Like we're living in a, you heard this term, cancel culture? Yeah. Folk will cancel you, and they'll cancel their pastor in a minute. Yeah. Cancel. 
did something I don't like. See, that's not, that's not covenant. See, you really don't know you submitted to somebody until they do something you don't like. <laughs> right? Because the covenant supersedes all of that. Amen. If, if, if you're going to leave the church over something you disagree with and stuff, folk will be leaving. All y'all will be gone, including me. <laughs> Amen. But I digress. But it, it, it's, 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 it's the same thing, though. It's, we're talking about the same thing. Because as a, as a church, we're, we're family. We're covenant family. To steal from Stanley and his men was to break the covenant and steal from the chieftain himself. It's like you stealing from that chief, and nobody messed with that chief. And it was an act, if you would steal from them, the penalty would have been death. Everywhere Stanley went in Africa, the spear proved to be more powerful than his goat. <laughs> the copper-wound spear carried the old chieftain's authority and everybody bowed to him and submitted to him. That's what the devil does when you walk in your authority. See, we're talking about a man's covenant, right? Because if we go back to this verse that we look, if it's a man's covenant, no, nobody is going to break it. Nobody's going to add to it. Amen? Where's that verse? Goodness. Lost it. Genesis 3.15. See, we're giving you a human example. Like, like Paul gave them human examples. Excuse me, Galatians 3.15. Even with a man-made covenant. See, this is what he's talking about. This is what they understood. What I'm telling you right now, this is what they understood. So you understand that you have a covenant with not some African chief. You have a covenant with Almighty God. And everywhere you go, you got more than a spear. You got the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God on your mouth. Glory to God. When you resist the devil, he flees from you. Why? Because you, when you understand covenant. How many of y'all beginning to see some stuff? Everybody bowed and submitted to Stanley when he carried that spear. He went on to cut covenants with like 50 different tribes in, in his explorations in Africa. Blood covenant was so sacred. Still talking about man's covenant right now. Blood covenant was so sacred that it was never broken by anyone. Neither Stanley or Livingstone ever witnessed anyone breaking it. Anybody ever heard this term? Dr. Livingstone, I presume. That's where that comes from, because like, he went out, out, Stanley went out looking for Livingstone. 
who went missing for six years. So when he found him, that's where that saying come from. It was kind of rumored. I don't know if it's even true, but uh, Stan Stanley claims it is. <laughs> he said that when he saw him, he said, Dr. Livingstone, I presume. So anyway, just a side note. Neither Stanley or Livingstone ever witnessed anyone breaking the covenant. No one could remain alive in Africa who broke a covenant. The curses would overtake them if they broke it, carried out by the people bound to the covenant. Covenants were so revered that children to the third and fourth generations would keep it. African tribes were not the only people who cut the covenant. Arabs, Syrians, and the Balkans in the southern peninsula of southeastern Europe also practiced the ceremony. Thank you, Lord. That's enough for today. Y'all get something out of this? Yes. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that no person will leave here with their spiritual needs unmet. Thank you for the covenant. Thank you.